Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Mahachko, joined as always by our founder, our fearless leader, and our friend, John M. Johnston. <laughs> Hi, Greg. Uh, how this, you doing? Uh, I'm glad you asked, John. This is how I'm doing. That's how I'm doing. And this well, is, it is the ho- it is the holidays. So, you know, go ahead and just ruin everybody's holidays, you drunken bastard. <laughs> you know, as recently as like a year and a half ago, wasn't that you ruined? Yeah, pretty holidays? much. Yeah, yeah, for many years. And and we've talked about this, but honestly, do you feel better without alcohol? Oh yeah. Okay. I feel like I've been released from prison. Okay. Well, <laughs> not even kidding. I'm, I know. I don't. I know you're not kidding, and, and that's uh, that's very cool. I mean, However, in, in, my, in my case, the brain injury part. Here's the sure, problem: sure, sure. that the really big, the, the bad problem, and why I don't. I had occasion this entire weekend to drink alcohol. Well, I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. But the problem is, is that it. I already have bad headaches constantly from the brain injury. Uh, drinking alcohol takes those headaches and jacks them up about 50 times of what they should be otherwise. So um, I just, I don't want to do that anymore. It hurts. It's painful. I'm glad. I, might try, I mean, at some point I'll probably maybe try some weed just to see if it has any effect on uh, relaxing my brain, you know, the constant headaches I have, but I haven't done that yet just because, you know, my wife deserves to have a, a guy who's sobriety, sobriety, sober, sober. God, a guy who can speak, a guy who can speak. Maybe she'll get it in her next husband, but not this one. <laughs> well, with us uh, again, as always, is, uh, well, it's Todd. I, don't know, I didn't have it. <laughs> I didn't have any flashy introduction for him this time around, and I felt under the pressure because uh, Todd's got some company with him as well, and uh, they don't know me, they don't know my sense of humor, and they probably don't listen to the show if they're smart. So, um, Todd, introduce us to uh, to to our special our special guest. Yeah, we'll go with that. I can do that. I'll tell you what. I'm out in Long Beach. Uh, came out here for Thanksgiving. I've got relatives that live out here. Uh, my aunt and her husband and my two cousins and their families live out here. And so we all came out for, um, for Thanksgiving and, uh, it's been fun. It's been a great time. Uh, other than the fact that I felt like absolute shit yesterday and, uh, went in and got a COVID test. It's negative. Um, but Todd, we don't use salty language on this show. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, I'm going to have my cousin come in the frame here. My cousin's name is Jason Garman. Jason, uh, let me get this right. There we That's go. Right. I like being like, like Jason, that. Jason Garman. Jason yeah. Garman. Yeah. Is that, is that a stage name? <laughs> nobody, nobody has a name like that. I was going to ask you, is, is that a part of the Garmin uh, GPS? Uh, you Garmin know, GPS. Oh, yeah, and- one, one vowel away from uh but yeah, no, close. It's it's Actually, Todd's fault. He didn't spell your name when he introduced you. <laughs> Jason is uh, he's an engineer with Amtrak, and uh, 
works, uh, been working recently in the train yards in LA here, but um, he is, he is a, a native Nebraskan Good. and he is a diehard Nebraska fan. In fact, uh, we all gathered around uh, Saturday to watch the game and there was a lot of hooting and hollering and unfortunately it didn't end up the way we all wanted it to, but nonetheless, uh, Jason does pay attention to the podcast occasionally and follows up on the articles. And so anyway, I'm going to have him sit in tonight since Haas was not able to make it. Seeing as how this yeah. is. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. It's, I'm glad you mentioned Haas. I don't know if he'll listen to this, but we had established this he and I privately like week two or three of the season. He wanted to come on specifically for the Iowa game and shit talk Iowa up and down. Uh, and I was all for it because that's, I mean, it's Iowa hate week. And we, he had, uh, after the Wisconsin game, he said uh, in the group chat, uh, the coronation Slack chat, and he says, we still on to record Wednesday night and drink beers and bitch about Husker football. Yeah. And so I sent him a message. I say, we're looking at shooting about nine o'clock. And he's like, oh, you're going to hate me. Dot, 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 dot. I'm in downtown Omaha. My friends decided to get together and throw me an early surprise birthday party. So, yes, Hoss, we do hate you. <laughs> but we love you too, Hoss. I've never been on with Hoss. He was kind of like my hero. He was the only one, you know, back in the day that I really agreed with, with all of his analysis and stuff. Because, you know, Greg, listen, you're the arm candy. You're the, you're the one. <laughs> you're the reason that people tune in. And I've, you know, I've been called a lot of things in my life, Todd, and a lot of them are true, but I've never been called arm candy. Well, let <laughs> so me don't start. Once John joined, you were most definitely the face of the program. Sorry. I'm sorry to uh, everybody watching on youtube.com slash coordination. You deserve a better face. Oh, come now. <laughs> what? I mean, I mean, what, what, what are they, your Jason's camera isn't very clear. The client camera there isn't very clear, but maybe, you know, we could get a young guy to be the face of the program. If you're going to just disavow yourself that much. Yeah. Hey, I've had this face my entire life. <laughs> Trust me. It's a good thing. Okay, what are we doing? What cash. are we doing? What are we doing? We're going off on your face. Let's go back to <laughs> Nebraska sports. <laughs> I want I want a, a re, retraction and a correction, sir. Nobody goes off on this face. <laughs> okay, what happened in uh, Nebraska sports? Well, do we do? Should we do it in chronological order? Should we talk about the Wisconsin game? Yes. Is, is anybody else surprised? This was one of the main questions or first questions I wanted to ask Haas because he loves to follow the offensive and defensive lines, but was anybody else surprised by how much of an impact a true freshman offensive tackle can make in uh, Teddy Prochaska before he got hurt? Um, because ever since he got hurt and the offensive line wasn't that great before, but it's been dog shit ever since. I mean, Nebraska's offense put up more numbers than uh, anybody else has on Wisconsin. It's just that uh, both our tackles have not uh, they've not played well. 
In fact, it, it saying they'd not played well is actually a compliment. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of disappointing, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think that when you look at that team, I mean, how many tackles do they have on the roster? And, and these are the best tackles we have apparently because they're starting. So uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. I still don't. Well, let's talk about um, the, the big picture, Wisconsin. The, the announcers were, I don't know, uh, fairly kind, but uh, get what? You know what? I, Matt Slauson and Danny Woodhead are doing a, a podcast, right? Yeah. And Matt Slauson played guard at Nebraska under Bill Callahan. The, and he recently, in one of his recent podcasts, called Bill Callahan the greatest offensive line coach ever, which, you know, Bill Callahan probably is. But he also said uh, that he had been to practices or been around Greg Austin, and he felt like Greg Austin was teaching the correct techniques and everything like that. So I guess if you want to look at it and say, well, obviously Greg Austin is a shitty coach. Well, Matt Slauson, I don't know how many years in the league he lasted. I think mostly with the Bears, played for the Chargers or the Rams. Didn't you play uh, with the Jets as well, or am I? I, I, I don't remember his whole career. I don't remember a lot. But, um, I mean, he gave the guy a vote of confidence on one of the recent con- podcasts. So, you know, I don't know why these guys are not playing mullet tackle or that we don't have anybody else to put in their positions. I mean, maybe we just, uh, we just have shitty linemen, I guess. You were going somewhere with that. I was just going to say, let's talk big picture. The announcers were being pretty kind, and Nebraska was having more success offensively than most teams had uh, against Wisconsin. Um, I don't remember the exact stats, and I'm not going to bother looking it up because research isn't exactly what we do on this show. (laughs) But uh, what? No, don't act like that, John. I'm sorry. Am I wrong? Do you have the stats pulled up, ready to go? Which stats? It doesn't matter. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think Wisconsin was holding teams to, what, seven points? Uh, and, and, you know, they were holding teams to a couple hundred yards of offense for a game and Nebraska had, you know, a couple hundred yards of offense at halftime. So Nebraska, perhaps that's the most frustrating thing is you know, the, the offense did its job. I feel the defense played well, but again, in the, uh, uh, the, the new, new episode of the same season of, let's find a way to lose games opening kickoff is, you know, housed by a Wisconsin freshman. And speaking of freshmen, they had a 17 year old who was stomping a mud hole in us seven. He should be in high school and he's running roughshod on a big 10 defense. How many, how many people, how many Nebraska fans did you think, you know, less than 30 seconds into the game, thought it was going to be an absolute blowout. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure I didn't that- because right after we marched down the, the field very well on that first offensive drive and scored, and and we we hung with them. Uh, and then they got up by two scores, and then, you know, it, it's we're perennially playing from behind has been what's doomed Nebraska, I think, all season long. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, yeah, it actually is. How many games have we led? Ever led the the three that we've won? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess maybe the exception would be uh, the Michigan game, 
or the Michigan State game. Michigan State. We we led late, and then they, oh, you know, the yeah. Uh, but you know, we we just we're, we're very inventive in all the wrong ways, you know. Um, but if you look at um, uh, now, I've forgotten his first name, but uh, Allen Braylon. Braylon, thank you. I was say Barry Allen, but that's the Flash, uh, which is fine because he ran very well. Uh, Braylon Allen, um, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon. I mean, my, we have a history of making Wisconsin running backs, you know, like look like they're going to be Heisman contenders, but like and NFL players. Yeah, it, shut up, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I you know if if Allen continues. That that trajectory. He's had seven straight hundred yard games now, including the the two and a quarter or two fifty that he had against Nebraska. If he continues against with that kind of success, he's going to be a Heisman finalist in a couple of years, no doubt about it. But for some reason, Nebraska always struggles to stop Wisconsin running game. There's that perennial joke that Melvin Gordon just scored another touchdown on us. Yeah, but everybody struggles. Ago. Everybody struggles to stop Wisconsin's running game. Everybody in the West. That's why Wisconsin's in, you know, the driver's seat to win the West again. Then, even though they started out the season as a complete bucket of shit, you know, they just figure it out. They know what they're doing, and they don't have Brian Ferrance as an offensive coordinator, so they can actually score points. You know, I, every time uh, Graham Mertz step back uh, in the pocket to pass. I actually got excited. I'm like, oh, great. They're not going to get seven yards of carry. <laughs> Unless he throws it to 84, which we couldn't seem to stop either. The Ferguson kit, the tight end. Oh, the tight end, yeah. yeah. Who has Nebraska ties, the announcers were so kind to point out. Yeah, very much so. Well, Because yeah, he, he's what? He's Barry's grandson and his grandson. dad played for Nebraska? No, I think, it, well, I think the connection's Barry. The grandpa. I think that's how they draw the ties. I thought I thought the announcer said that there's somebody for Wisconsin whose dad played at Nebraska. I, I thought it was Ferguson. I don't know. I okay. may have missed that. Mm, that's right. So, but we're you know I, I think one of the things that you know some people out there would ask is were we surprised that, you know, it was another one, one score game and absolutely not. You know, um, I said going into this and, and I guess maybe I was proven wrong. I posed the question, you know, would the, would the team rally behind Scott Frost? Would this team come out and play hard after losing all of their position coaches? Would they show that same effort from the start of the game to the end of the game? And without a doubt, they did. So, um, you know, that question, I guess, was answered that, um, you know, they there's there is that pride. Um, there is that commitment to the team. And so, you know, that is a good sign. So um, I, I was glad to see that. Now, you know, it was at times it was kind of the same old, same old with Wisconsin. But really, you know, outside of that kickoff return um, and. You know, Alan had, Alan had, I think, a 70, 71 yard. Yeah, there were some run. big runs. There yeah, were some big yeah plays. that's right. The big For runs. Sure. There were a couple big runs. Yeah, the big runs hurt us. But, you know, it didn't seem to me that this was a game where Nebraska, you know, dumbed their way to a, to a loss. I mean, overall, it just, 
again, just another one of those frustrating losses. No, we're going to talk about him. Jason, uh, you're just going to have to jump in here, man. Don't wait for anybody. <laughs> Push Todd out of the way and kick him in the face. <laughs> I would, but he's still recovering. He's not, yeah. he's not 100%. Nobody it would cares. be a shallow victory for yeah. him to kick my ass now. <laughs> this isn't about victories or losses. It's about just getting you the fuck out of the way. <laughs> just jump in here. Uh, what do you think, Jason? Talk. Jason, what what do you think cost us this game, this one score game? Uh, what 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 cost us every single one score game? <sighs> Come on, huh? Come on, can't get it done. No, is that it? On, all of a sudden, when 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 pressure comes on, that is just a fold every time. Wet paper towel. We can't just break through and just come out strong with like that last play that makes it makes it happen every time the last play becomes uh never mind i guess that was never going to happen in the first place it looks like no, the same that, thing every time we never feel good about going into that, that it's all, it, it, everybody's just crossing their fingers going hope 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 instead of going we're going to get this we're going to get this never yeah that, that is true ever that's a, that, that's a great point um and and I, look i know he's his season's done and maybe his career at nebraska is done we'll talk more about adrian martinez and his announcement uh here in a few minutes, but like we've talked, you know, we, we trumpet uh, Martinez around here. You know, we, we love his attitude, seem to love his work ethic. Don't always love his decision-making, but we love his uh, big playability. It's, I feel like in, in the most pressure situations, Jason, just like you're talking about, it's, he's not a guy that can get it done. And the announcers referred to him accidentally so many times Saturday as Taylor Martinez <laughs> that we actually saw one of those like old school off the back foot, like, you know, those Yolo bomb That's arm punts that, that ended up in the turnover uh, because it was just, you know, left up there for anybody. And that's you, you we can't there. I, I felt in Saturday's game specifically, uh, there were a lot of times where he's scrambling out of the pocket and he's looking for somebody downfield to run. And I'm like, or, or to throw it to. And I, he looked like he had space in front of him to get some positive yardage. Uh, I think he threw one away. He had a, um, I think it was a really, was it a fourth down uh, fourth or maybe I'm thinking my problem is I watched the Huskers on Saturday. I watched the Steelers Sunday night. They were both equally disappointing. uh, And in, in similar like one score fashions where Steelers were trying to come back late. Uh, So I might be getting my games crossed up here a little bit, but um you know that there there are too many mental mistakes, too many you know uh, errors in judgment. My biggest concern, and we can go and talk about it now, is Logan Smothers finished the first quarter, didn't come out for that last series before that, or uh, Martinez didn't come out for that last series uh, uh, before the half, and now Logan is going to be our starting quarterback against Iowa. And I've been saying this. They they talked about you know in September Martinez had a broken jaw and was eating through a straw. And we know about all the ailments, and he's still Frost's first choice. And they wait until the Iowa game to to you know sit him for this shoulder injury. And I'm not saying you know it's a suspect injury or anything like that, but like if a banged up can't move his mouth, Adrian Martinez is still your best shot. Then what's going on in the QB room, Greg? You know, I, we I haven't. 
Go ahead. No, I was just say we we haven't seen enough of of Logan. I mean, he's had a few opportunities. He's done okay, but is he going to go out and and lead the team to victory against a top twenty Iowa team? Well, I don't I don't know, but you saw that you watched that Pittsburgh game, and you saw that quarterback on the other side. That when there's an opening, that's all that guy did was run. 15, yeah. 20 yards to get it done every yeah. single time. And we didn't see that with Martinez when there was a chance to do that. And that's a big difference maker. Mm-hmm. And I think that may help us with Logan Smothers that he may come out and actually run the ball when there's a, a place to go. Well, I, I think too, you know, you're making a really good point there. And, and Smothers comes in, you know, then immediately after the game, people are bitching that they just burnt Smothers red shirt. Well, you know, that's, that's the way things go. But what was frustrating to me is then we learned after the game, you know, a day later or whatever, that Martinez was hurt bad enough that he's going to require shoulder surgery in the second half. You know, he, I think he played his heart out in the second half, like he always does, but he was noticeably, he could not put zip on some of those passes. And, and I'm with you, Greg, you know, a banged up Logan Smith, or excuse me, a banged up Adrian Peterson is a better option than Logan Smothers. I just look at Adrian, Adrian Martinez, <laughs> Adrian Martinez. Sorry. <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, it just, it, it, it bothers me now, you know, that being said, you know, what I, I read this week uh, that Kirk Ferentz says, Oh yeah, we were able to see just a little bit of tape on Logan Smothers. We got to watch him on YouTube when he was in junior high or something like that. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, but and, once and what is what does it say about Frost? And I know that the, the head coach decisions, not necessarily, you know, the conversations, you know, because he's not going anywhere, at least for another 12 months, probably. But you keep and I know it's not the 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 head injury. You know, I think we talked about a few weeks ago at, at Michigan that uh, was it Rich Rod uh, uh, trotted a, a, another. Brady you know, Hulk, I think Brady Hook. OK, thank you. Um trotted a QB back out there after he just been like hit, you know, ob- ob- obliterated. And so it's not a head injury like that, but I feel like you have to take some responsibility as a coach, be like, Oh, you, you have an injury. You're not hurt. You know, they always say you can play through, you know, if you're hurt, get up and play. If you're injured, you know, you're injured, but if his injury is bad enough that it's got to require surgery, I, that makes me as much as the other on the field, stuff that happens or, or play calling things like that. If you're putting a guy out there, who's clearly not hundred percent, that makes me question, you know, your decision-making as much as anything else. You know what it makes me question, Greg? What's that? It makes me question whether Scott Frost has like some kind of daddy issue complex with Tom Osborne from years <laughs> ago about the idea of being taken out of Nebraska starting position and how much it would have hurt his psyche. And he doesn't want to do that to anybody else because he doesn't want to cripple their psyche for the rest of their lives. I don't know why he's stuck with Adrian this long if the guy's been beat up and injured, or he couldn't at least stick another quarterback in there once in a while for any reason whatsoever. Therefore, it must be psychological problems, just like Scott Frost projects upon Adrian Martinez. I'm projecting upon Scott Frost. With my I'm, armchair psychology, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up in, in that particular um, approach, John, because we all watched Ted Lasso here, right? Jason, I, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm okay. So we all know at the end of the first season, uh, we know Roy Kent doesn't have it 
as much. So, you know, they, they've got to bench him. And I don't want to bench him because, you know, he's good guys. And somebody says, no, these are professional athletes. They get paid to do this. And the NCAA now with NIL, there is money, more money on the table. So you can't hurt a kid's feelings or a, a man, you know, Adrian Martinez is 22, I guess, or you know, thereabouts. Can't hurt their feelings. You have to do the, it's still a big money thing. There's still more on the line than, than somebody's hurt feelings. So you've got to make that call and, and you've got to pull them sooner than they did, I think. Steve Spurrier always worried about his quarterback's feelings. <laughs> I guess, you know, I, 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 you search for reasons as to why Adrian uh, played almost every down this season, and then you find that he's beat up. I mean, he was beat up at the end of last year. Even at the beginning of this year, Todd and I talked about, or we talked about collectively, the fact that Adrian Martinez would have a difficult time getting through the season because he's be taking a lot of hits. And then you watch our offensive tackles continually give up, uh, you know, pressure and give up, uh, well, give up everything when they're pass blocking uh, because they suck. And it's still, we spent the entire year uh, with really not seeing another quarterback in the any, except for against Fordham. So I don't get that, you know, I, it'd be nice if Scott Frost to actually explain all of it and, I, no, it wouldn't actually, because he'd fuck it up because he's really shitty at talking in public. <laughs> but what he is good at doing, he would, this is a deep cut. He's pretty good at driving around one of those fancy Woodhouse pickup trucks with uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Wow! And and just uh, uh, you know, shooting the shit and and not talking about anything real serious. I here's the thing: he his offense. If he ran his offense against Wisconsin, and they put up that many yards. You know, maybe he should be the offensive coordinator. And hire another offensive line coach and, uh, you know, hire a uh, whatever he needs, a tight ends coach. I guess he's got one receivers coach and, and hire a head coach. You know what I mean? Some guy that can be a CEO, some guy that can go to booster things. Maybe just say Trev Alberts is going to be the head coach and the figurehead of the program. Uh, you know, and, and Scott Franz will just run the offense. You know, when Did, some guy gets drunk and kicks the door off a police squad car in downtown Lincoln at 2.30 a.m., the police can call Trev Alberts and go, hey, your boy's in jail, you know, instead of Scott Frost having to deal with that shit, and Scott didn't just do the offense. Did Barry uh, do double duty at Wisconsin, <laughs> head coach in AD? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did for, for a period of time. Yeah, so a precedent's been set in the Big Ten West, no less. Yeah. Now the question is: Has Trev Alberts ever coached? Aren't Barney yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but he's been a figurehead. I heard that, Jason. He's he's he's, <laughs> he's an AD. I mean, hey, think about it. You know, after the game, what do you got to do? I, I I'm I've been on the record as saying I think these some of these guys should have press secretaries, just like Ari Fleischer. You know. They get up after a game and talk for what the head coach wanted to do, you know, because Scott Frost sucks at it. Because Scott Frost got to get better at something. It's standing up in front of people and not being fucking honest. You know what I mean? Don't ever say it was easy to fire all of my coaches as a sacrifice. Do not ever say that ever. You're an asshole when you say stuff like that. I mean, the yeah. next guy that comes in is going to go, oh, how easy is it going to be firing me, Scott? You <laughs> fuck? 
John, I, I nominate you as press secretary for the Scott Frost. You know, I think everybody on the planet that's watched me knows that I'm, I'm mouthy and uh, lacking a filter, but even I wouldn't say something that dumb with a mic on in front of a bunch of media people or the clapping thing. Oh my God, there was, was there clapping in the Iowa? Maybe there's somebody been clapping in the background. Maybe it's like, uh, I don't know. There's like, a, what, what was it? Peter Pan in the, t- in the clock, you know, drove Captain Hook insane. Tick tock, tick tock. Somebody's Hook, clapping the, at a certain the crocodile. frequency. Every fucking stadium we're playing in. And it's, it's making Scott Frost insane. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. This is the weirdest season, possibly the weirdest season of college football in history for one team. You know what I mean? I don't hey, think anybody's the, ever been able to do this. We're the best three-win team in the nation, boys. Just be proud about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> statistically, statistically, it bears out. Yeah. yeah, that always feels good. Yeah, yeah. With with statistically one of the worst offensive lines. You know, I know John said a few minutes ago that you know the offensive line sucks, and he's right. And the numbers back him up. <laughs> Yeah, and despite that, we still have an offense that's one of the better offenses in the nation. So, I mean, it's just especially against uh, the good Big Ten defenses. How how do we do that? I don't. I don't know, but they should stick us in the college football playoff. <laughs> you know, because I mean, we could beat we we can play Georgia and lose by one score. We could play Alabama and lose by one All score. Right. We could play Cincinnati and we'd lose by one fucking score. <laughs> Because that's just who we are now. God help us if we go all the way through to the next season, the first game of next year, we lose to fucking Northwestern in Iowa by one score. It's going to be like some kind of hellscape all over again. Ireland. Did I say Ireland? You said, I Iowa. said Ireland. Oh, well, Ireland. You said Iowa. lose to Northwestern in Iowa. And I was like, well, shit, you know, my is this a, the is brain, this a field of nightmare know, situation? The brain kind of gets stuck there and just words get jumbled. That's okay, John. That's why you got me. You have me to arrange your word vomit. Okay. What else we got, motherfuckers? <laughs> uh, did we talk? I. I don't think we talked about McGowan's being hurt. Uh, I think that happened after our last recording, did it not? Yeah, because we recorded early last week. Yep. Don't worry. We'll come back talk about the uh, Iowa game. Well, Trey McGowan's got injured. Yeah. He's out back probably in January. Probably, yep, out 10 games at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broken foot, metatarsal. So, so have you guys watched basketball? Have I? Yes. This season, no. No, I, I understand the fundamentals of the game. Yes, John. So now nobody but me has been watching basketball. I look Shut at the score. Up. I don't I know if he knows. I can't bear to watch it, but you you don't like basketball, or what's the deal? No, no, I love basketball. Just uh, not yet. I can't get excited about basketball in November. Well, it's begun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. I mean, there's ways to watch teams, you know, the way you have to watch, I'm going to do a video on this in a separate podcast, just a little tutorial for people, but there's ways to watch teams to enjoy them, even if they're not winning all their games. And that is like, you're a father, you watch for growth. God knows when my kids were young, I had to go through God knows how many band recitals 
in their lifetimes. And they were terrible. I mean, fifth grade and you're playing in band. It's like, God, please. It's, I couldn't sneak vodka in here. What the hell? And then, you know, finally, when they get up to be juniors and seniors, you're like, oh, my God, look what my children have become. That's kind of what you watch with this basketball team. You're going to watch them grow throughout the season. And we're going to see if they can win some Big Ten games enough to get to the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, one thing that one huge thing that we've already seen happen in the past few games is Alonzo Verge has stopped playing hero ball all of the time. And actually, Nebraska had 18 assists against uh, whoever the hell they just played, <laughs> Tennessee State. And, uh, you know, the guy's dishing the ball off. <laughs> and if he can do that, we can be successful. Derek Walker was seven for seven inside. And, and you know, I think that guy's hit his ceiling, but he, he continually, you know, he played very well. So uh, you need to see that growth out of your basketball team. They just need to start making their three-pointers and we'll be fine. Everything will be great. Sounds like uh, I'm going to, even though he's not here, I'll, I'll use his words uh, on his behalf in his, in his absence. Sounds like uh, you're using what Haas would call looking for incremental improvement, John. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have a number of games to improve before we get to the Big Ten Conference, which is where they're really going to count. You know, if you want to be some doomsaying, pessimistic shithead, you'll go, well, they lost to Creighton, and that would have been a quarter high, really high win that they lost to because now the NCAA tournament, blah, 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 blah. And then they lost to what, what is it, Western Illinois. That's a really bad loss because it was a low quarter team and yeah, the, the power structure. RPI, whatever. You and win I the just, Big Ten, just, none of that stuff matters. Think about well, that. You win I think the Big you, Ten. It, we're not going to win the Big Ten. <laughs> See, that's – and that, you are the problem. That's the problem. We don't have to win the Big Ten. This is a fucking football. <laughs> All we have to do – you know what we have to do? We have to win our home games and maybe win one road game. <laughs> that's what we have to do. In I'm basketball, you know, we're going to lose a lot of games, but you just want to win at home and maybe pick off one road game, like against Northwestern or somebody shitty. Well, at least now I know that I'm the problem. You are the problem. In, in the fan you, base, in my marriage. You. you. <laughs> I didn't say anything about your marriage. You were the one that opened it up with the whole face thing early on. I know. But, hey, anybody who's ever seen a picture of me and my wife together knows I out kicked my coverage so do you know what michigan state's home winning percentage is for basketball basketball yeah no in basketball do you know what it is uh 78 93 well somewhere between those i think it's 86 even minnesota has like a 78 percent home winning percentage because playing basketball on the road is really just hell even northwestern has like a 60 percent home winning percentage so you just win your games at home, the pickoff one on the road, bam, you're in the NCAA tournament. It's just yeah, how, many games, how many games have you taken in at uh, PBA? Zero. Okay, same. Guys? Not me. No. Okay. Not yet. Jason, I give you a pass. Well, I did watch the LMU-UCLA uh, uh, game last night. I would love to go to a game at PBA, but uh, I just have not been able to. It's never fits. Greg, you, you should was, ask for media credentials. Yeah, they, they don't get them to me there. <laughs> I went to one Nebraska basketball game my entire life, 
And that was the year before I enrolled at the University of Nebraska. My freshman year in college, I went to the University of Montana. I came home to Lincoln on winter break. Montana played at the University of Nebraska, and I knew some of the basketball players from Montana. Oh, well, so, yeah, there's like 40 people in that school. I'm sure you knew a lot of people. Exactly. I knew all of them. And uh, so uh, I didn't know Samari Ture, who's from the University of Montana. Yeah, uh, but 80 years later than you were there. <laughs> but no, that was I went and watched Montana play Nebraska in a basketball game. That's the only game I ever went to. I'm not a not a not a big basketball fan. I went and saw uh, Nebraska play Illinois in Champaign. It was the Tim Miles Turan Petaway era. Um and Nebraska played them close and lost. So that's the extent of my uh, basketball conversation. That's why there's another show on uh, coronation called a uh, bangerangs and daggers. <laughs> when, when, when does that show air every fourth month? Uh, well, you know, whatever, but I, I understand they're not the flagship. Podcast, they're not. They, uh, they puff their chest out from time to time, but we smack them down <laughs> each and every week. Uh, while we're talking about um, uh, winter activities, Todd, any anything you want to talk about regarding Husker wrestling? I well, know they, that you follow uh, the the grapplers quite a bit. The grapplers have started their season. They uh, did wrestle up in South Dakota this weekend in the Dactronics Open, which is you know one of the many many uh, opening tournaments uh, to the season and. They don't, te- they don't keep team score, um, and the reason for that is um, without keeping team score, you can wrestle unattached wrestlers. So, you know, you can basically take everybody in your room. Uh, Nebraska did okay. Uh, Mikey Labriola won at 174. Was a little bit um, surprised that Taylor Venz got beat. Um, I think he got beat by Marcus Coleman from Iowa State in the semis, but he at 184, he ended up getting third. And then, um, oh, man, I'm going to have – I can't think of the name. 197-pounder from Nebraska won it, and it wasn't Schultz. It was uh, their number two guy, won it 197. And then uh, Nebraska also won it 285. Uh, the, the big match of the whole tournament, though, was Peyton Robb wrestled defending national champion David Carr at 157 pounds in the finals. Carr had a one-point victory uh, towards the end of the match against Rob. But uh, from what I read, that was a really, really good match. So uh, I watched him wrestle a duel uh, the other night against North Carolina. Uh, you know, Won that handily, I believe, right? Yeah, they won it, they won it handily. But the, the biggie there was um, my favorite Husker wrestler, Ridge Kelly. Rid, yeah, Ridge Kiley, excuse me. Um, he knocked off defending national champion Austin O'Connor. And um, that was, uh, no, let me back up. Peyton Robb knocked off defending national champion Austin O'Connor. So that was a, a huge win um, for uh, Peyton Robb. And, and, you know, he's the one who wrestled in the under 23 world championships last month. So um, exciting stuff, you know, exciting, exciting start for the season. Still have to figure out a few weight classes uh, who's going to fill in there, but it'll be interesting to see. So That's what I, I've always appreciated about, um, you know, wrestling is you want to, you want to figure out who's going to be your number one 
you tell the two guys, you know, in competition, go get on the mat and, and figure it out. You know, it's much cleaner, or at least from the outside looking in. And maybe in some programs, there's politics and or you know nepotism, depending on you know whatever it is. But you would think that it's all right. We've got two guys. Go have a wrestle off. You know, winner winner's going to be going out there Tuesday night, whatever it is. You know. Yep. Yeah. I got a. I, I I got a DM from uh, Yoshi today, Jamarcus Hardrick. He was named to the CFL, Canadian Football League, Western All-Star team again, and his team is one win away from the championship. So I think I'll do a bit on uh, watching Yoshi play in the, the Canadian Football League playoffs because, you know, CFL is kind of weird and fun, and Yoshi is doing well. So congratulations to him for the award. And uh, we appreciate Yoshi here because of uh, he spent some of his offseason last year with you, John, uh, doing the Yoshi show. So maybe yeah. when they get to the offseason, we'll see a return of that. I hope so. Yeah. He's a good guy. I always enjoyed his perspective on things. And, and again, you, you think that it's not been that terribly far, you know, in the back, but he was on the roster for the last year uh, in the Big 12 and certainly, you know, the beginning in, in the Big 10. So he had a little bit of, of a, a taste of both worlds. Uh, and it, sometimes it feels like the big 12 wasn't that long ago. And sometimes probably because we've been kind of horrible the last decade, uh, it seems like the big 12 years were, you know, eons ago. So um, I always enjoy his perspective and in uh, and, and your conversations with him, John. So hopefully, hopefully Yosh does a great and, and the Winnipeg bombers, uh, uh, kick ass and, and then maybe in the offseason he'll make some time for coordination again yeah i think one of the things that uh, i really got out of talking to him was just how much uh, the game is so much mental these guys beating each other up you know and how how hard it is i mean if you're playing a tackle and a guy's kicking your ass you still have to play a tag it's not like you can go well fuck I, i'm losing so i'm just gonna quit now you know what I mean? You don't get a walk off the field. You have to block that guy the rest of the game. You know, and there's just a lot of mental, the one-on-one or the the tiny little mental warrior stuff that goes on in the game that uh, Yoshi would, would talk about that I don't think anybody really understands. I Honestly, I don't think anybody really cares. We just look at these guys and go, you know, play better, you fucking robot. Come on. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of that, too. <laughs> You know, I know right. I beat up Bryce and Ben Hart, and I'm sure that Bryce Ben Hart someday is going to walk up to me and go, hey, you fuck. And then, you know. <laughs> Probably won't be after a game in, in uh, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on and talk about uh, uh, the game this Friday, 1230 Central. Uh, don't be like me. I, I, I can't remember what game it was. Uh, but we were the big noon kickoff, uh, you know, last month or so. And so I tuned in, you know, about 1130, turned on Fox. And I realized that the first quarter was just about over because I'm a dumbass. Uh, so 1230 Central, a.k.a. God's time zone. Uh, and it's Nebraska, our beloved Cornhuskers versus those fuck ass losers in Iowa. I was going to say the good new guy could start this part, but then he went, got up and left. 
He ran away. What the maybe, hell? Maybe he's going to refill. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, they went out and got curry right before we started, so maybe he's going to load up on that. You know, I, I've been to Long Beach, Todd, once. Yeah. Did a little uh, patrol around the, I guess, the marina or whatever, and, yeah. and uh, somebody's little boat having some drinks. It's a good time. They were they were out there today. I bet they were. <laughs> uh, it got a, up to a balmy sixty three degrees today here in Southern Illinois. So we could hit volleyball. Volleyball has uh, two games left, and those two against Wisconsin and Purdue. And they've lost six straight to Purdue or to Wisconsin. And this is for, you know, if the volleyball team can play well this weekend, they could win a big 10 title, which is, you know, pretty damned hard. But they did just uh, play very well over their kind of, you know, other side of the conference rival Penn state. So that they're, they're an odd team this year. You know, I know who was uh, Lexi was a Lexi son who missed a little bit of time. Yeah, at the beginning, yeah. Um, so I think that maybe set them back. A Lauren, little bit. Lauren Stiverns had a back Stiverns. issue. Yeah. Um, so I I don't follow as closely as I should, but I appreciate all of the uh, 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 collaborators or contributors here at Coronation who do keep me up to speed on on all things uh, Husker volleyball. I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll make it to the tournament, and and you know they're. There's too much of a pedigree and there's too much talent there for them not to, you know, um, to put them in football terms. They're, they're like a, well, not this year, they're like a Georgia, you know, of, of, uh, of volleyball. There's always at the top. They're always in the conversation. And I picked Georgia because I can't stand Alabama. <laughs> so. No, so is he coming back or is he gone? I, I don't know. We better move on if he comes back. Okay. Back, so. <laughs> so right. what do we think about Iowa? Iowa is not the same team that they were the first six weeks of the season. You know, um, I feel like their defense uh, has regressed or at least uh, other, you know, the opponents have figured them out a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that their defense is horseshit, which hurts me a little bit because I don't ever want to say anything nice about Iowa. Um but their offense is horseshit. We can we can all agree on that. Um, so I I think it's going to come down to what can realistically what can our offense, especially with Logan Smothers, do against their defense. And damn it, if I have to look at Brody Belt anymore on that fucking field, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my remote through the TV. Why? I, I, we have so much. We, uh, it was he had a decent game against Wisconsin. I'll give him that, right? He uh, he had a few little runs, but we have to we have to figure out why Jacquez Yant didn't play against Wisconsin, or at least what I know that I'm not at liberty to say, um, uh, allegedly. Um, but we got to stop. We have to have more discipline off the field football players so that they can play football on the field when it matters. I don't know why that's so difficult. Like, you know, make it to practice, go to class, do the things that you're supposed to do. Unless you're Brody Belt, and then I'll give a shit if you go to class. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> well, you know, 
thank God for Brody Belt. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. but I understand, never... I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, again, I, I kept wondering the whole game because, you know, I, I think I read, you know, prior to the game that Yant was, uh, was suited up, you know, that he was there. And it just baffled me throughout the game that he never got on the field. Well, you know, there had to be a reason. And, you know, there is a little bit of speculation, I guess, that's been out there. But, um, you know, Marvin Scott, he played all right, too. But all of a sudden, you know, here, here we're not even seeing. You know, we saw Marcus step a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I just absolutely don't know what's going on with that. And let's let's talk about the running back room from the beginning of the season to now. Okay, we had Marquis Step come in as the uh, you know from the transfer portal from USC. Kind of, I guess I maybe not highly touted, but certainly you know D one some D one experience. Uh, then we had Ramir Johnson. We had uh, Gabe Irvin, Jacques Yant, Sevian Morrison. I mean, Brody, we had so much depth at running back that we kicked Brody Belt the fuck out. Yeah, he was working out with the receivers. Uh, who, who am I missing? Um, Marvin's got the third. So we there's six. I feel like I'm missing a running back or two. And now you have Step, Yant, Scott. And if you have Ramir to, Johnson, you're missing Ramir Johnson. I said Ramir Johnson. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And then I was I was just checking off all the ones on the back end that we have left, uh, Scott Yant, and um, uh, Step, and Brody Belt. If you're going to put him in there, it sucks that we lost Gabe Urban, and I, I'm hoping that when he comes back next year, he's you know ready to go and hadn't missed a step. Sevian Morrison is what it is. Um, I that's preventable, but didn't line up with, uh, you know, at least what hearsay says did not line up with, you know, what the game plan was that particular day. Um, and then Ramir Johnson getting hurt. You know, you got you got two guys. We have not had a stable starter all season long at running back. It's well, who showed up to practice this week or who performed the best? Not not performed, but who who gave it their all and and that's important but you can't milk carton everybody else you know it's you can get uh there can be a targeting penalty and we all know how much bullshit that is but you only miss half a game you know <laughs> so it's like you still get to come back and play in the third quarter why are we are 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 scott's punishment so draconian and excessive that he can't you know, that he's just, nope, for whatever reason, this guy's benched the entire game. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I He is trying Scott to build Foster, a culture. I swear to God, I've heard build a culture for four years now, and I'm fucking sick of it. I well, here's the those- thing. He had, a, he had to take this over from a coach who didn't do anything about disciplining these chip players, and he's had to enforce this stuff. I guess from my standpoint, I look at it and go, uh, you know, in, in today's football, well, this is true for all of football forever. Uh, if you don't have four running backs at the beginning of the season, they're going to play football. You don't, you're probably not going to make it through the year. I mean, Minnesota was what 
down to their fourth string guy, Bucky Irvin. Uh, how many guys did Wisconsin lose? Because the 17-year-old Braylon Allen wasn't certainly wasn't their first or second choice. You know, Jalen Berger did, left their team, got dismissed. Nobody knows why. Did, did so, I hear that Braylon Allen was only like his second or third start when when they played against Nebraska? Um, I mean, he 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 string. He, he has 17. Yeah, right. But he had strung together 600 yard rushing games before that, and wasn't even the starter. You know, so uh, but and and I I agree. I'm not saying that any of these players should walk all over. The coaches be disrespectful, disrespect, uh, uh, you know, the teammates and get away with it. I'm just saying at some point they should, shouldn't, you know, you know, just do what is asked and or expected of you, you know, and obviously you can't, can't control an injury. So, you know, I, I'm not like the, the Gabe Irvin's or the Ramir Johnson's, you know, you, Adrian Martinez is, you know, he's in a different, conversation so to speak but but just do how difficult is it to to go to practice or you know to to it's like coach and play coach to players like any other relationship there has to be communication you know so you have to say you know you have to talk you you have to text you you have to look longingly into each other's eyes i don't give a shit um (laughs) but what? Yes. I, you, you I know, know. You're, here's the deal, though. And, and this kind of goes back to one of the fundamental things that I said a long time ago. You got to if, if you're going to win, you're going to have to have disciplined individuals playing the game. And that includes on and off the field. Why didn't Jacques Yant? Why didn't he get a scholarship? Why was he a walk on player? You know, and, and it has a lot to do, apparently, with his attitude about things. And, you know, here here you have a kid that apparently is oblivious to the concept of commitment to the team uh, and doing what he needs to do. Apparently, at some point in his life, he was told everything's just fine. You know, everything will work. You know, there's there's a sense of entitlement sometimes that happens. And he was able to slide by, apparently. I don't know what his life story is, but my God, you know, you got a kid who has shown that he can perform who, you know, and I've heard different stories. And if any of them are true about him, you know, he, he, he ought to feel lucky that he's still on the team, to be honest with you. Um, you, you, can't, you. You can't have those kind of, you can't depend upon those kind of people. You can't put yourself in a situation where you depend upon those kind of people. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I think that, you know, this, this, problem either gets fixed and, and and remedied or he goes and finds a new school to play at, you know, uh, where maybe the expectations are a little lower or the rules are a little more lax. And that's a shame. I hate saying that because, you know, I, you know, he's a Husker, but I don't, I don't always necessarily subscribe to the um, mentality of once a Husker, always a Husker, you know, like, yeah, if you if you are with the Huskers through and then you retire or you get drafted or you're not good enough to, you know, you, you re- retire out of, you know, lack of options, <laughs> uh, then, you know, that's fine. But if you if you don't have what it takes or if you leave, you just go like, you know, fuck off and, and 
you know, transfer portal out or, or whatever, or quit, then I don't, I, I remove your Husker for life uh, placard, you know, that that's, you know, um, so I want it, I want it to work out for him, you know, again, like you Todd, I don't know really any of his situation. I don't know any of his life story, you know, any of the hardships or, or, you know, whatever he might've faced uh, growing up. Um, but if you're like, are you going to go somewhere else? Like, are you, you're not going to go to Alabama and get away with this stuff. You're not going to get, go to Ohio state, uh, or Oklahoma. You might be able to go to Miami and get away with this stuff. Cause Miami just, they don't give a fuck. Um, but he could go to a Mac team. Yeah. That, okay. But where, where is he going to go? That's going to elevate his profile, you know, and, and have, uh, lax rules. You know what I mean? Um, he, he's got, you know, based on what limited sample size we've seen of him, I think he's got some potential, you know, next level potential, you know, he, he, yeah. if he continues to develop as a person and as a player, but you're not going to necessarily go to a Mac school or the Sun Belt, uh, and, and be able to, possibly get that as uh, that spotlight on you now maybe you will because you'll be the biggest fish in a small pond but do you want to be the biggest fish in a small pond or do you want to be in the big 10 sec acc you know type of environment where every saturday camera crews are there watching your team play you know again i i didn't i i promise i didn't mean for this to to go off on a, a rant i, I know that's not this what brody belt like. thing really dry it really bothers you we ain't even talking Brody about Belt it. looks somewhat like Rex, Rex Burkhead to me. <laughs> you take that fucking back, John. No, he does. He just looks like a guy that's going to get yardage. Give me the ball and I'm going to get yardage, however however I do it. Oh, I'm not going to put him in that category. I will give him credit, though. He did. Most of his runs were for plus yardage. I can't deny that. But um, And he had a decent game. I just think it um, – <laughs> It really, it really throws up a lot of question marks that that's what it came to. So that's what I'm, that is what I'm saying. My, my issue is not with Brody belt, the person, or even it, it's more Brody belt, the, the football player. And it's more on the coaching side. It's how have we, this, this is going to sound bad. So how, how have we fallen to the point where Brody belt is the viable option? And, but I said wow. that I, I said that weeks ago about when he was a, a wide receiver. When you have Omar Manning, Samari Torre, uh, uh, Xavier Betts, um, you know Austin Allen, uh, Vokalek, you've got a lot of talent. And why is five foot three Brody Belt out there running in the slot? You know, it's it's not the all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Not the best option. You're going to go tonight. You're going to go to bed tonight and have dreams about your the the end of your life, and it's going to be Brody Belt meeting you in a bar somewhere. <laughs> go, hey, hey, dude! I remember your face. <laughs> it is the face of the podcast, unfortunately. Okay. And, and when when that happens, when Brody Belt meets me in a bar. I'm going to be like I am with my five-year-old. I'm going to put my palm on his forehead and he's going to swing wildly underneath my outstretched arm. And, uh, <laughs> hey, 
Okay, hey, Iowa's hey, defense wait, is wait, not what they were on, earlier on, hold on, in the season. Hold on, hold on, yes? hold on, hold on. Time out. I just right. want to say, clear the air. This is all. This is all for entertainment. Okay, I'm sure Brody built a nice guy. Let's move on now. Let's talk about Iowa. Just trying to make Iowa's, people laugh. Just trying to make people laugh. Brody Belt's father, on the other hand. <laughs> I, but Iowa's defense is not what they were earlier in the season because they have had they've had Agave entries, including like um, God dang it, now you did all this shit and I forgot who it was. Miller, the defensive back. He was the guy tied for interceptions in the Big Ten with Deontay Williams. Roby Miller. They've lost a number of players off their defense. So they are not the defense they were earlier in the season. But uh, how is Logan Smothers going to do? That's a, that's a great question. And, and when Vegas first opened up the odds, they had Nebraska's four-point favorite. And then the news that Martinez was going to have shoulder surgery, season was done, and Logan Smothers was going to be playing. I have not checked the odds since then. Does anybody know where the line is on that game right now? One point. Yep. Okay. Nebraska's I didn't a know if, point favorite. I didn't know if we were holding up one, be like, hold on, let me check, or it was one. So perfect. <laughs> um, we are a one point favorite over a nine and two team. Figure that I think good. it shocked a lot of people that we opened up as a four point favorite over a nine and two team. Oh, jeez. You know, shocked me. Well, you know, the, the other thing that needs to be mentioned, and I watched a little bit of Iowa, unfortunately, off and on over the season, their special teams have won ball games for them. Yeah. Their special teams are very good. So yeah. if you want to you find a, a, a difference in this game where there's a definite, definite advantage for Iowa, it's going to be there. Right. And, you know, we have found every possible way to screw up with special teams. Their That's punters my- probably their punters probably won them four games. You know, that's not that's where we just decided I guess we wouldn't even pay attention to special teams this entire season. There's your one score losses. So Iowa's quarterbacks pretty stinky. Spencer Petrus uh I just you know, do you remember Nate Stanley? Nate Stanley was was uh, he was promoted by Iowa as an NFL quarterback for a lot of you know they they send this stuff out to media people where they're promoting players for end of season awards and Iowa did a lot of that with Nate Stanley and uh, Nate Stanley just looked like he was either terrified of throwing the ball down more than ten yards downfield or just was not good and then you get Spencer Petrus come along and he is not a He's another guy that's just either not accurate or has the yips or something, can't throw the ball worth a shit. And then, you know, in the next play, way worse than Adrian Martinez. And then uh, who's the new starter? Padilla? Padilla. I, I, I don't – I think he's – these are like game manager type quarterbacks. I don't think they're asking them to win games by themselves. But they just uh, – I guess what I'm getting to is this very specifically, and I've said this before. How is it that Kirk Ferenz has been at Iowa like 83 years, but he still can't draft a, he can't recruit quarterbacks that are, I don't know, top quality quarterbacks to run his shitty offense that his son runs. I think you answered the question in the question. Uh, It's not a great, it's, it's a simple offense. And at times it's a successful offense, right? But it's bland, you know? Um, And not too many, I think, high-profile QBs 
want to go there when I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't watch Iowa football except on the day after Thanksgiving because we all know I hate Iowa. Um, but their offensive scheme is pretty simple. It's, okay, give the ball to the running back the first couple you know downs, get it as much as you can. If you have to throw on third down, you do make it manageable. It's, I don't, there's nothing flashy about the, the quarterback position at Iowa where they necessarily, I mean, they could, they should, I mean, for them to be maybe next level. Yeah. They need to bring in, you know, an next level QB, but no next level QBs want to go there. What is going to want to go there? I think it'd be a game manager. Although you look at arguably one of the most famous and prolific game managers in football history is Tom Brady. Like there's nothing flashy about Tom Brady. And, and it pains me to say this because I fucking hate Tom Brady too. Um, but all he does is dink and dunk, manages the game, plays within himself, and wins Super Bowls. I pissed, I'm so pissed off that I just said that. Uh, did, you, did either of you watch the Minnesota-Iowa game? No. No? What the fuck are you guys doing? Anyway, when, at the end of the play? game, in the end of the game, Minnesota is down by like one score. And Minnesota goes for it, I don't know, fourth fourth down on their own, like I, deep within their own territory. Iowa ends up with the first down on like Minnesota's 20 or 15. And they have I don't, a minute and a half, two minutes, and they don't try to score. Either that or they're incapable of scoring. But it was the most mind-boggling offensive series you could have all year, all year. And they didn't either. They couldn't score, didn't try to score. They weren't really aggressive about it. And they were happy enough to kick a field goal from like the three yard line and give Minnesota the ball back with like 40 seconds left. I, I watched that. I'm like, what? Why does Iowa accept? Why do I have fans accept this shit? Because it's garbage. It was garbage football. Did they beat Minnesota? Yeah. I guess they're nine and two, and they, they, we can have a happy year with Iowa going. We're nine and two. We're not going to win anything again, but we're nine and two, and they'll probably lose to us. Actually, I want to uh, want to give a few statistics here, if I may. Uh, this is from uh, SI.com. Uh, it's on. I, I googled, and, and I knew you guys gave me the odds, but I wanted a little bit more information um, or, or the spread. But so I, I just googled, you know, and said. Cornhuskers are putting up 28 and a half points per game, which is 11.6 more than the Hawkeyes surrender per outing. So we are outscoring what they tend to average giving up. Um, And when uh, we, let's see, the Huskers rack up 458.4 yards per game, which is uh, more than the, uh, you know, more than the Hawkeyes allow per matchup, which is averaging 314.7. And that's the thing. Maybe that's one of the most frustrating things. And and we talked about this earlier, at least hinted at it, is that Nebraska is oddly enough, one of the best and worst teams in college football, because statistically where they should be and where they are, are are two different ends of the spectrum, but uh, they have one of the more dynamic offenses and and you know one of the more you know a solid defense when when everybody shows up and and uh, plays together but as we mentioned and and have ad nauseum we just find new ways to win every week or I should say to lose so i hope uh i've got my hawkeye tears water bottle courtesy of the big red Cobcast. i am hoping to fill it up and drink the deliciousness come friday afternoon 
I don't think there's a reason. This is, look, st- traditionally or stati- yeah, I guess historically, maybe the the game, the Black Friday game at Memorial Stadium is not as heavily attended, right? Or do people still show up? I mean, the student sections may, might be a little bit bare, right? Because kids are all at home. It's it uh, the last couple of Iowa games. It's not been full. Okay. I mean, it's noticeably there are noticeably empty seats. Okay. It's still a sellout. Yeah. Um, but it, it, on paper only. Um, I would like love to see a, a big raucous crowd uh, at at this event. I know I've got friends of mine who are going to uh, the game from the Twin Cities area of Gearing and Scotts Bluff, not Minneapolis, St. Paul, John. Sorry. Um, I want to see Nebraska show up early. Uh, you know, as far as like you know, in, on, on in game plan mode, and uh, get out to an early lead. I want to see what happens when Iowa can't chew the clock with the running game when they have to rely on you know what is you know their second or third string quarterback. Uh, and and I want to see the defense come up and make some big plays. I want to see the offense in a rhythm behind Logan Smothers. Uh, if that means they have to rely heavily on step on Yant, hopefully who's, you know, been found off the mill carton. Um, and, uh, 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 Scott, Marvin Scott, and if necessary, Brody belt also, whatever, whatever it takes to get the W I, we, we have not beaten Iowa since the Bo Pelini era. Isn't that atrocious? Very frustrating. Very it's, frustrating. It, it, and this is a team that, honestly, all the components are there. I know we don't have our starting quarterback now, uh, but if you look at his you know, list of injuries, we haven't had our starting quarterback there you know, most of his career. Uh, it, you know, it, 100%, I should say, most of his career. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what 100% Logan Smothers looks like. Um, and, and I think Frost said maybe we'll even see Heinrich Harburg. Uh, that'd be interesting. That'd be a decision. All right. You know, throwing a true freshman in there, but, uh, whatever it takes to get the W, um, let, let's, I only, I only want to see one thing. I want to see Logan Smothers as a quarterback who isn't afraid to score. That's it. That's all I want to see. Cause what I watch Adrian Martinez play, I see him get to the 20 yard line. And fuck everything up. He did this in uh, he he did this in Ohio State where he couldn't hit a guy open on third and four. He did this against Wisconsin where he couldn't get hit a guy when he was in the red zone because he got excited as a fourth year starter and overthrew him. He 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 missed Austin Allen early in a route when the guy was open because he couldn't make a decision early. Mm-hmm. I you know I get that he's under pressure, but he he waits five seconds to make his fucking decisions. So I, what I want to see is Logan Smothers go back, and if he throws a couple interceptions, whatever. He's probably going to be the future if he sticks around, and quite frankly, I'm not 100% sure why he would unless he's like, well, once I'm the starter, I'll be playing every snap for the rest of my life in Nebraska because that's how it goes here because Scott Frost got daddy issues. So, Wow. <laughs> I'm even more full of shit than normal, but that's really what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Logan Smothers played with like Scott Frost says uh, without fear 
and connect with passes to Austin Allen for 150 yards and three touchdowns. You can't connect for a pass for 150 yards. John, the field's only 100 yards. He can connect. He can. If we can win, if we can lose every fucking game this season by one score, magically he can connect with Austin Allen for 150 yards in one game. All right. This one's coming from row uh, double Z in North Stadium. (laughs) But that's what I want to see against Iowa. Contain Tyler Goodson on defense. You win this game. There you go. Well, every year that we've played Iowa, um, at some point in the game, they are able to run that outside zone and seal us off and break at least a couple of big runs. Uh, I expect to see that happen uh, until the defense proves me wrong. Uh, All I'm hoping is that uh, the offense is productive enough to, you know, stay ahead of that. Um, Their defense is beat up, but one of the characteristics of Kirk Ferentz teams is that they're patient and they are quick to capitalize on the other team's mistakes. And Lord knows that Nebraska has made its fair share of mistakes. Uh, that's the part that worries me. I'm with you, Greg, if they can get out early and get some points on the board, uh, you know, that may be a little bit different. It would be, it would be real interesting to see how Nebraska can play with a lead against a good team, you know, and, um, I think Iowa's is probably going to throw Padilla out there. He's, I, I would guess he's going to start the game at quarterback. Um, and he's unproven in my opinion. So who knows? You know, the last two, the last two seasons, because Kirk Ferentz made this comment last year, the last two seasons, Eric Chenander on the final drive of the game has played the same fucking defense. Because Kirk Ferentz basically said, or I think his quarterback last year said, uh, they we saw him line up and do the same thing they did the year before, so we knew how to attack their defense to get in position for Keith Duncan to kick another game-winning field goal and taunt us. So perhaps that's the second thing I'd like to see is Eric Tenander not play the same fucking defense on the last drive of the game if we're not up by one score. or You know what I mean? Not give up an easy – the whole length of the field because you're doing the same shit you did before. Let's also think about this real quick. Um, you mentioned Austin Allen. It'll be his last game as a Husker. Uh, we can speculate the other Husker, probably Ben Stilley's last game, uh, Damian Daniels' last game, uh, Cam Taylor Britt, probably, you know, well, I, he he decided last year to come back for one more year. So, yeah, this should be his last game. Um, Deontay Williams, I think, uh, is you know, um, Soak it up. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, most all the names that I've given you to the best of my knowledge have been there for a a good long time. And, and, uh, uh, you know, when when they go, they will be Huskers for life, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so, so, you know, let, let them have, let them have a day on senior day that's unlike any other. Be, be the first group of seniors since, 2014, if I'm doing my math right, uh, to beat Iowa. Um, 
because are we are we doing predictions? Yeah, I'm not just getting all sentimental. We'll get to the numbers. Um, but yeah, we I can't handle another loss to Iowa, Um, especially around the holidays when my family's going to be in town from Iowa. So, with that being said, let's move to our predictions, Todd. I'm going to have you kick us off, if you don't mind, sir. And I want you to kick us off like a good place kicker, not like any of the ones that we have. Nebraska 21, Iowa 17. (laughs) What? (laughs) The over-under set at 41, Todd. 41. I think that's a good score. I'm I'm staying with it. 21-17. Okay, John. I'll go, I'll go Nebraska twenty-seven to ten. Logan Smothers uh, three t- three touchdowns to Austin Allen. There you go. Another one on the ground. We have established one missed PAT. It's also being pretty generous on just the one. <laughs> we have established that Iowa's defense is not what it was. Why I'm I'm much more in favor, John, of your score than Todd's paltry. I don't believe we can get it done. Twenty-one. <laughs> Todd, that's your new name. Todd, I don't believe we can get it done. Twenty-one, Wolverton. <laughs> um, but also I'm I'm a massive homer. That's no that's not news to anybody who's been listening to the show since god dang 2015, something like that. Uh, maybe summer of 2016, I think. Regardless, everybody knows this is this is the color right here. Courses through my veins on a college football game day. I also think that our defense is going to be stout against a, a not good Hawkeye offense. If the Hawkeye guys get to double digits i'll kind of be surprised honestly that's why i'm saying nebraska wins this one 38 to nine <laughs> okay well you know whatever. i'm taking the over i'm taking I i'm taking so. the over i mean honestly it, it, i don't care if we win by I don't know what just fell. Greg, that's the football guy. Is that your only beer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You probably should uh, actually, you know, ratchet up your uh, tolerance or. (laughs) Okay. No, something something slid down and made a noise, and I didn't know what it was. I was trying to figure that out. Um, No, no, I was going to say, I don't care if we win by. One point or a hundred points. I just want to beat fucking Iowa. Yeah, like uh, It'd be I, nice. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I I want to the. Well, I guess it's it's either not or soon to be not the Hyvee Heroes Trophy. The the naming rights changed, which means that it's not an actual trophy. Um, I want that coming back to Lincoln or staying in Lincoln. I don't you know whatever. It'll make the trip. I just don't want to go back to Iowa because why is it so windy in Nebraska, everybody? Because Iowa sucks. And Colorado blows. So, 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Husker fans of all ages, did you have a good time with the Five Heart Podcast this week? Okay, great. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I just get really ridiculous just for to to get you to pop like that, John. I, it's my goal to make you laugh. Oh my god! I keep thinking this is a movie that's not ending. <laughs> These are how a lot of my phone conversations go. Don't you have like, to do another one after this? I do, and I gotta warm up some wild turkey for that because it's. This is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so it's the annual turkey before oh, turkey. There you go. Um, so I'm I'm really not looking forward to that. I'm actually delaying that by talking with you guys a little bit more. Um, how, how's everything going with you guys? Everything? Uh, how's How's California, Todd? No, uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. Um, for Todd Wolverton, for John Dam Johnston, I'm Greg Mahachko. This is the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you this and every week that Five Heart. Is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Beat Iowa! Todd. I second that. And a very happy Thanksgiving to you all. <laughs>